Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast, the normal crew of Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. Rob Croyle. Hello. And your energetic host, Logan Daly. This came out of nowhere. We were just jokingly talking about how it's afternoon when we're recording this, and we have no energy. <laughs> so then I pulled this right out of, I have no idea, somewhere out of my left toe. Mm. But anyway. Better than other places. Yikes. <laughs> Stick around. We'll put Rob's intro for a, uh, an Easter egg today. It was uh, something else. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of shortcomings. Speaking of shortcomings. <laughs> No, we, we did have a couple. We did have a couple this week. Uh, there was a couple of shortcomings this week. One, I screwed up something in the uh, in the announcements with a graphic. It was clever and ridiculous, um, which you probably can't even see it by now. But uh, when you're listening to this, but it was there, and I kicked the uh, the video camera at one point, which is the earthquake comment. If you didn't catch that, uh, I thought about throwing something at Rob, but then I didn't do that because. That's distracting. Yeah, that's distracting, and I wouldn't want to distract whoever was preaching. That would be terrible. Um, you so guys yeah. should wait for this week's sermon. There'll be two of us up there, won't there? <laughs> that was the sound of Rob manipulating and being <laughs> <laughs> being all sorts of not sneaky or subtle. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> if you get that, you get that. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, no, uh, and then last but not least, we did forget on one of the graphics, we did not have, uh, and you you actually pointed this out, we didn't capitalize Lord. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a capital L. and then uh, It's and all then caps, but what the, you, you came up with a term for this. Small caps. Small caps. The O-R-N-D are small caps. <laughs> small caps. It's all cap, small cap. There you go. Yeah. Small caps for small heads. Mm-hmm. Baby caps. Do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Uh, <sighs> now and and this is when uh, I think this segues into our first topic of talking about Hashem. Correct? Hashem. Yeah. Well, it was say that for me one more time. Hashem. 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 I don't know if you have enough phlegm on that. I'm not sure there's like much phlegm with Shem. What Logan just said and what Rob just said sound identical. I don't know. I, I'm not. I probably don't have enough phlegm on that. I don't Shem. think there's any phlegm with Shem. <laughs> well, not on Shem. Ha, Shem. It'd be the <laughs> Shem. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure there's. Oh. I, I don't. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm just. I'm throwing that out there. There's other. <clears throat> their K sound is. Their K sound has that. Yeah, be more. Yeah, I think there's other letters that huh. have the somebody who knows how to pronounce Hebrew help us. Mm. Mm. Send us a video. Uh, send us a video or a voice recording at info at missionridge.church. Thank you. So what I mentioned <laughs> is the word that we call that we translate as Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very English way of saying that name. We're actually. Because the, because practicing Jews do not say that name, mm. we don't have a tradition of what that. We're guessing 
Today we are guessing. Guessing at what the actual. Right. Nice. That's my understanding. So Hashem means the name. Ha being the Shem, his name. And and so instead of saying Yahweh and somehow in, in some way, shape, or form, saying it uh, flippantly, taking mm-hmm. the Lord's name in vain, as it were, or to be... With disregard, irreverently. Irreverent. They won't use the name. They'll just say Hashem, and this is a way they guard themselves against. Like there's such a reverence for mm. God's holy name that they won't say it. Mm. And for us, I mean, culturally, we just grew up with a very different experience. And and even when I recognize what they do, it's so ingrained in me to just say Lord or God or. Yeah, you know, and sure. there's and there's big G capital capital G God, and then there's little G God, and those and those are different terms. But what if you say something like God? That's dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, am I saying capital G God or am I saying little G God? I don't know. We yeah. don't distinguish between the two. Right in our, in our it, language, so in yeah. A, and I, am I being flippant or am I being serious? Like, am I really saying seriously to God that God that is dumb? And and He's nodding and saying, "Yep, I agree with you. That's <laughs> dumb." Um, and so to to guard against that, they they say Hashem. Not a lot for the, the actual name, but they also, I mean, they've got Elohim. They've got multiple names for God mm-hmm. uh, that we don't necessarily. But that's the most holy name. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, the lesser ones, they, they actually use those, but that one, then they would guard against that. Right. We just don't have that in English, so I mean, that kind of makes sense. English is so dull. Look at, like, Hebrew has all well, these names. I mean, <laughs> we, if we were really being English, we you know, if we were really rocking the English language, then we would just steal all of their different names and just adopt them all. That's true. Hmm. Maybe uh, not dull, lazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we just go, I mean, Jehovah, mm-hmm. Elohim, Yahweh. El Shaddai. El, El Shaddai. I mean, we just start using, we'd actually use those as opposed to being lazy and big G, little G. Lord Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> now all I can think of is Talladega Nights. Thanks, Will Ferrell. Mm, yep. Yikes. All right. So that's uh, is that yeah that that's why Hashem, yeah, Y being W H Y not Y like young Hashem, which would be a cool rapping name. We just found Logan's new rap name. I don't think so. Why? That just seems. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the exit out towards. <laughs> that always throws me off when people talk <laughs> about the Y like that, and I'm like, what the YMCA? For oh, a oh. long time, I thought there was a YMCA out. YMCA no. out there no, because, and I think that one's spelled W Y E. Yeah. Why? Well, in North <laughs> Division or in Spokane, North Spokane, there's the the division the Y, mm-hmm. and it's where Division Y's off with mm-hmm. some other highway and Highway Two, I believe. But so, <clears throat> I thought the Y was where. Oh, where the road. 
Image. Out here, I thought yeah. it was I thought it was Brooks and Russell and <laughs> no, that is Malfunction Junction. <laughs> <laughs> someday, Rob. Someday we'll learn this town. Yes. No, I know where the Y is now. I thought that's what you're talking about. There you go. Now you know the Y. Now you know the Y. Mm-hmm. Now we need to move on to the where. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculously bad. Oh, man. So you mentioned Ooh. in the sermon, Yes, we talked a little bit about chiasms. You said there was two chiasms going on, correct? Well, I I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I saw a chiasm, and then I look at the chiasmus exchange, and they saw a chiasm, and I don't know if one is better than the other. They're... they're Little different spots, so it's like grape and cherry—they're both favorites. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know what that means. Go and find the meaning of this. <laughs> so, in verses thirteen and fourteen, I, I see this. Um, Twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. I see this chasm where Sarah laughs, and the Lord says, "Why did Sarah laugh?" And say, "Shall I indeed bear a child?" Mm. And on the other side, uh, Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he, and he said, no, but you you did laugh. Well, right in the center of that is this phrase, is anything too hard for the Lord? Hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's a chiasm that just as I was studying this section and I was highlighting things and I was like, oh, cool, that's interesting, interesting, lots of laughing, uh, bear child, bear, you know, have a son. Um, but the chiasmus exchange starts in verse 9 and goes through 15 and and there's a mention of Sarah in verse 9 and the other side, uh, Sarah denied. So Sarah's mentioned in Nine and fifteen and ten. Um, I will certainly return unto thee um, according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. and And then the Lord says that at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. That's in verse fourteen. So that's the other side of that. And then, and then in verse eleven, you have Sarah. Um, Sarah's old, and mentions Sarah. Again, um, and then Sarah in thirteen says, "Which I am old," hmm. and so in the middle is therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, "Am I <laughs> am I waxed old?" <laughs> I'm not sure what version they're using here. This cracks me up. <laughs> After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure. My Lord being old also. And it's an interesting center mm. of this chiasm. And I think it is a larger chiasm. And and I think it just really highlights the wrestle that Sarah's having. Mm-hmm. Like she feels spent. She feels beyond the point of caring anymore. Like I, w- I was done... I was done longing for this a long time ago, and now you bring this up? You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of the sense I get. Well, and don't we all get to that point sometimes with, like, we feel like God has promises for us, and we're just like, 
all right, you know what? I've I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And right. I'm unplugging. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Time to take the ball. Going home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a couple of chiasms. One in, uh, starts with nine, ends with 15. The other one starts in 12 and ends in uh, 15. So a smaller chiasm within a chiasm. Both have their own implications. It's another chiaception. Chiaception. <sighs> the dream is collapsing. Get Leo out. <laughs> it's, it's also interesting at the end. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but hey. Inception. God love you. <laughs> um, so I mentioned that in the sermon that six times he goes to the Lord, right? And there's this common theme of will you treat the righteous? If you find the righteous, six times, if you find righteous people, what, what will you do? Mm-hmm. But the number of times he actually says the righteous is seven times, and the number of times he says the wicked is three times. Hmm. Like that word, those words. And I've and I just I found that kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, it just um, so the number of three. You know, we're we're reading for our life transforming group. Uh, was it First Kings? Uh, this week is ten through twelve. Ten, yeah, 10 11, through, 12, 10, right? 11, twelve, yeah. And so in chapter eleven, the people come to Beniah, Solomon's son, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, lessen the load on us. Your your dad, he taxed us pretty dang hard." Yep. And he says, go away for three days and then come back to me. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Well, that number three shows up, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, that number three shows up over and over and over again. And, and the sense is, if God doesn't show up, like things are not good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, God already decided that he wasn't going to show up for Beniah. Already made that determination. And so if you read the rest of that chapter, you find out that he doesn't listen to the elders. He he doesn't listen to their counsel. He rejects their counsel. He goes to his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, what behind the ear friends? <laughs> <laughs> and uh and they're like, Nope, stick it to him twice as hard as you're dead. Like Yeah. My my was it my finger? My little finger is is thicker than my father's thigh or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something along those lines. Um and so in this case, like what what's gonna happen? Like three times the wicked is mentioned. Mm-hmm. And and what's gonna happen? Hmm. And it's almost like Things are teetering on the edge here. Like they could, they could, they, he could lean one direction. It's a car that's on the edge of a cliff, you know. The oh, classic, yeah. yeah. The classic, it's about to fall over. Everybody lean back. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe get out of the car. I don't know. No, there's T Rexes outside. <laughs> you can't go outside. So I, 
time, they're just going to jump on the car anyway. You got to get stay out. out. There's T-Rexes. They'll eat you. Didn't you see what happened to Eddie? <laughs> Another reference. I should. What? What is that? Oh, man. That? That's a lost world. Oh, I've seen it. It just. Yeah. Eddie, he left the high hide. That's what you, that's what you get when you leave the high hide. <laughs> <laughs> so, at any rate. Uh, the focus is more like the righteous outweighs the wicked in in this in mm-hmm. this story. Like if the if the righteous show up, mm. the story moves forward. All okay. right, I see that. Yeah, nice. So cool, cool. Uh, so I have no pretty segue to get this next one. Um, but this next one is that we are going to talk about patriarchs that run. It's like chicken run, but patriarch run. There you go. Mm. So Apparently this d- is the movie episode where I make all of the movie references. I was going to say, and next week we'll have a movie podcast as well as footnotes. <laughs> yeah, this is like, I think it's about the sixth. All right. So anyway, uh, patriarchs running. We see this with Abraham. Yeah, we see uh, Abraham run to run to the Lord. Does he know it's the Lord, or is he just running to someone uh, that uh, is a stranger? Either way, I think it that tells you something interesting about yep. uh, Abraham. Like, like serving the Lord is not something that is that he does grudgingly. Mm-hmm. You know, he is. No, yeah, no, he's not limping. He's running. Right. But he's not feeling great. Like, he just got circumcised. Don't forget where this falls in the story. How long after that was? Like, what's the time frame, do you think? It's uh, one verse later. One verse later, so... <laughs> it's not implied that it's very long. Uh, I, I don't... It, it doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't tell us. I mean, just because... You know, the gaps between uh, verse 1 and verse 2 can be literally, I mean, over and over and over again, it's 50 or 100 years or 10 years or five right. months or six minutes. Like, like the author doesn't tell you that. Right. Yeah. But he's sitting in the heat of the day, probably a wise thing to do. Under an oak tree. We're near the oak grove. I believe that the rabbis suspect that these stories are connected. And it's interesting that each story kind of connects to, if not the previous story, other stories. Mm -hmm. And there's this connective tissue between these stories. And if you pay attention to that, it tells (laughs) more of a story. It's a a story within context. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so here's my theory. Give it to us. And this is why. So previous story in 17, God is telling Abraham uh, that he's going to have this kid. And in uh, 1717, uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No, that's not right. (laughs) Uh, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child, right? So he laughs and and he questions, will Sarah bear bear this child, right? Um. The next story, 
God is reaffirming this with Abraham, Mm -hmm. right? And God says, I will return to you about this time next year, which he said in the previous story also. So it's, it's not, it's at least relatively close, Mm -hmm. but he says, you know, I'll return this time next year. Um, and then we get Sarah is listening behind at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed at herself as she thought, um, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have the, have this pleasure? So my suspicion is that Abraham has not told Sarah what God is, or at least they haven't, they haven't talked this over a ton right? from the previous story. He right. circumcised 316 guys and sat down. <laughs> He's exactly. uh, resting under an oak tree because he doesn't want to move. <laughs> that, that's my theory. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think that these are close. I think this is back-to-back. Right. Although it's interesting to me how many times... Or he just is terrible at communicating with Sarah. <laughs> It's not a thing in history between husbands and wives. (laughs) (laughs) Can you okay? Let's play this one out. Imagine she's sitting there. Abraham just circumcised everybody. She's sitting back watching, going, "Huh, wonder what he's doing. What the heck is Abraham doing now? Why would he be doing that? That Darn fool, man! Right? She just turned southern all of a sudden. Uh Yeah, darn fool of a man." And then, you know, next story or whatever, you With know. The deep voice. Yeah. That darn fool of a man. <laughs> <laughs> a big beard. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so, anyway, uh, she's, you know, sitting there watching, and he does this entire thing, and then he just sits down. Didn't, didn't give, just imagine if he didn't give her any, like, no reason. That's why I think this had to have been really soon after. Like, what were you doing today, Abraham? Just felt the need? Huh. I feel like it would have come up in conversation. But, you know. Can I help you with anything? You have a bag of ice peas? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my God. So frozen peas would be fantastic right now. Yikes. Man, right there's no modern say. tech or medicine back then for to make that. So ice. Nope. So he runs. <laughs> he runs. He runs to the Lord. He runs to his wife. He runs to the calf. A lot of running. It's a lot of and, running. And um, and actually, three times it said he hurries. Two times it says he runs. If I remember correctly. And Jesus tells a story of this patriarch, this father, who was basically told by his son, I wish you were dead. Yep. And yet when he sees the son returning, and we know that the son has decided in his heart that I'm going to tell my father that I'm no longer worthy to be his son, but if he'll accept me as a slave, I'm better off than eating pig slop in some foreign land. And and. And while the son is thinking about that in a long ways away, the father sees him and has compassion and runs to him and kisses him on the neck. And there's two stories that if you're a young Jewish person listening to the story, 
There's you two stories you would together. connect to. Yep. Mm-hmm. One would be Abraham running to the Lord and maybe forgiving people is like serving God himself. Mm. And the other, which may be more shocking, the, the, the idea of, and for us we don't get this, but, but the idea of, uh, of an old man running. The patriarch. The patriarch. The head of the family. Mm-hmm. It would uh, be like Queen Elizabeth running. Right. Imagine Queen Elizabeth running to somebody for any reason. To Prince Harry. Sure. Because <laughs> they're now, you know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Prince Harry comes home. Queen Elizabeth comes running. Imagine that. This is our 21st century example. Yes. <laughs> so in Genesis 33, Jacob is returning to his land, to his, to his, to his father's house. Mm. And it says in verse 3, he went bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And that so that sounds very similar. And so mm-hmm. that picture of the so this is not a patriarch running to to a son. This is a brother running to a brother. But the idea of the is Isaac dead imp- at that point? What's that? Is Isaac still alive at that point? No, or he, he's, he's passed on, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if we know that because he said I'm returning to my father's house. Although but by when, implication, his father was pretty old when... Yeah. yeah, when Jacob left, it was... Isaac was on his deathbed. Yeah, or, yeah I mean, he wasn't doing well. He, yeah. And then... Esau may be considered the patriarch, but really, he he sold his birthright, so Jacob is the... Should be. Should be the patriarch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should have been the one running. Hmm. But he's also in the position where he's kind of the prodigal. He, yeah, so it's... But it's hmm. definitely connecting... Esau is being like his grandfather, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. In running. Uh-huh. Seeing the, seeing the need and running to it. Yep. So these are these two stories that instantly connect, you know, to this... To this uh, parable that that Jesus tells, so kind of kind of some hmm. fun stuff to yeah ponder. Interesting. I'm I'm intrigued now. I'm gonna have to go. I have to go look and see when Isaac died. Right. Well, and I'm thinking like Jacob was with Laban for what f- at least fourteen, 14 years, years. Yeah. Maybe longer than that. Could have been. But we Could know for been. sure. He worked for had to seven. get both had to get both those girls. I'm pretty sure seven, seven years apiece. <sighs> well, for the two girls, and then it's a total of twenty years. Twenty mm. for him. Yeah, because he okay. was there another six years. Oh, after working. Right. Yes. He had to get all the good sheep. That's right mm-hmm. with the breeding. Yep. Okay, so it's safe to assume that Isaac is no longer. But if Jacob has the birthright, 
and is supposed to be the patriarch, but he's that not does there. make it all messy. Yeah, but he left. He fleed. Yeah. So yeah, I took the birthright. I am the patriarch, but I fled. So Esau has actually ended up being the patriarch of his father's house. Well, and he steals. We're like he's like his brothers. Like, wouldn't you think if your father's still alive mm-hmm. that you're stealing the birthright? I mean, if you're yeah. you're stealing. I wish you were dead. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that's, huh? Well, there you go. Whatever, whatever the cultural emotions. Like, I think we miss that sometimes. Sometimes we miss. Uh, context you know is this is this 20 years later like that well that matters you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's it'd be really easy to forget the conversation after 20 years just because it's a couple verses for us that length of time matters yeah the or or you could be stewing on it for 20 years Mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean how often does that happen well, I, you know, just this sanctified imagination that you use to go, hey, this from this chapter to this chapter, from 17 to 18, like, lots of snippy, snip, snip, snip. And he's sitting there recovering, not only from being snipped, but also, like, he was, it sounds like the snipper. A little slicey-dicey. He was tired yeah, all the way around. Yeah, he's resting under the under the you know in the heat of the day, mm-hmm. and, and he's just a to, patriarch. And just try to like to understand the story, to get the sense of the story, just to picture that. I think helps kind of bring out some of the flavor of the story. Right. Give it a little more depth. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes it come alive. Jump up and run out and get you. <laughs> Just like Abraham. <laughs> Just like Abraham. My goodness. Oh. Next on the docket, have a little discussion about uh, what you've you've re- labeled this on the board, and that's quite amusing to me. The family business of R and J. <laughs> which, when I first read this, I'm like, the family business of Rob and Jen. What? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so confused. And I was like, I, Rachel and Jacob, what? There I, you go. At least I was in the Bible. I thought it would go without saying it is the family business, but apparently, apparently it goes with, you know. I just, it didn't, it didn't click. Write out righteousness and justice at that part of the uh, whiteboard, and it, it we're going to be using the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's also fair. That's also fair. But, you know, nonetheless, now we know it's the family business of R&J. A.K.A. Mm. Righteousness and Justice. Okay, I managed to say them that time. Yeah, good job. Ha! Nailed it. You know, the King of Sheba. The king? The queen. <laughs> queen of Sheba. Wow. I was like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. What, what is this? Where is this story going? <laughs> well, you know. I, I skipped a page or something. If there's Stuck a, together. If there, <laughs> there's a queen, there's a king. But beside the point. Uh, the queen, Not always. strong and independent, strong independent woman. She don't need no man. <laughs> right here, guys. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh man, <laughs> this is the weirdest. 
Ghost Footnotes. <laughs> so in my life transforming group this week, I'm reading about the Queen of Sheba, and she identifies a Solomon that he has faithfully lived out righteousness and justice before God. Mm-hmm. And I and I found that interesting that this <coughs> that this foreigner, this girl, uh, I'm trying to remember how you what the female version of how you uh, Gareem is plural, so there's uh, there's probably a female version for Ger, and I'm trying to remember what that is. Mm. It's escaping, escaping me, but this this foreigner understood that this was what the people of Israel are supposed to be living out, and so I thought we should talk a little bit about what righteousness and justice means in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you guys think about righteousness and justice, what do you think about? What have you traditionally, what did you mm. grow up with? I think like Law and Order SVU. It's not right? where my mind goes. Like I think courtroom, righteousness, justice. Okay, yeah. And there. justice for all. Yeah. Right? Okay. The, the, the blind lady with the scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justice. Justice is blind. Mm-hmm. And deaf. Yeah. Is, is what I heard. In. <laughs> what, uh, Jen, what, what about for you? Um, yeah, I think like a judge, you know, who knows the laws and is right, but then can be just as well. So. Okay. What makes, what makes a person righteous? Hmm. I think adhering to a, a standard of living that is, True and right. Okay. <laughs> Such a vague answer. <laughs> Not needing justice exacted upon them. Mm. Oh. That's that that's where my mind goes. If you're being righteous, then you don't need the justice part. The justice part, like Well, when Jesus says to his disciples, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the scribes. I, I think your idea, your concept of that righteousness is played out in my actions. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's totally false. I think uh, I think there's a lot of truism there, but but weren't the Pharisees, and, at least the Pharisees and, and maybe the Sadducees too, the, the scribes, weren't they concerned about their conduct? Right. Very much so. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, this idea that your actions is the way you tell, like you add up your, your acts, the number of acts, and, and almost, almost like if you have the, the scale mm-hmm. you're talking about, if you had enough of right acts, and, and, and this is a very American, mm-hmm. uh, the good place, I was just thinking that yep. the, the good place. Don't I didn't ha- I didn't have enough good acts. Don't tell them. You know? right. This is Egyptian. Yeah, you'd weigh your heart. Uh, was that Anubis? I think Anubis would weigh your heart, hmm. uh, and if it was heavier than a feather, which he had some really really heavy feather apparently. Um, I guess so, but 
and that that's the the hardness of Pharaoh's heart. Actually, just fun little tidbit. The the verbiage there implies that when you when your heart becomes hard, it becomes heavy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, so yeah, like this this concept of weighing your your good versus you know the good that you've done versus the bad that you've done versus you know whatever. Right. Like this plays out in a lot of cultures. Well, and and this is where the Apostle Paul talks about the righteousness of Abraham. And did that come before or after circumcision? Mm. Yep. Survey says... I'd say before. Uh, it was before. It was before. Yeah, I mean, mm. we, we just... We'd heard that before that. Yeah, so... So... The in fact in Galatians when it says that um, you are not righteous by the acts of the law, is that the phrase? <laughs> Buffering. <laughs> I don't remember. hatara. Hatara. Ah, the works. Uh, that yeah, that's the the. The works of the law. That's the, yeah, the you, culturally. You are not righteous. You are not considered righteous by the works of the law. And, yeah. And, and so th- there's there's a portion of the law, and we found this out through the Dead Sea Scrolls when we found those back in 49, 47, 49, 1947, 1949. When we f- found those from a scholarly, not me, I wasn't there. It wasn't even, wasn't even a twinkle. Um, <laughs> mm, not quite ancient that, and not quite that ancient of days. No, no, okay. no. That was twenty plus years <laughs> prior to. Well, huh. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Hard to believe. <laughs> Here, but I thought you were around with Noah, but no. I guess not. But this, but this world shattered. This <laughs> phrase that that the Apostle Paul uses in the Greek. There was a Hebrew equivalent, which is you don't become righteous by the works of the law, and that and these and what they meant by that was the the works of the law were the things that identified you as being a Jew, mm. the things in the law that differentiated you as a Jew versus the rest of the world. So righteousness comes through faith. Now, through that faith, we will live righteously. Mm-hmm. Through that relationship, through through that interaction, and we see Abraham's actions become more and more in line with who God is and who He created him to be, and. And throughout this story, like, Abraham is learning about God real time. Right. Like, is this too hard for the Lord? Um, Before this, I don't know. Right. Uh, Who do I ask? You know, we have it. It's Mm -hmm. been written down for you and I. We can look at it and go, yep, not too hard for the Lord. So someone comes to us and they're like, I've been praying about my barrenness, and I just really sense that God's saying next year I'm going to be having a child. I'd be like, yeah, that's not too hard for the Lord. Right. Because we have this history. Abraham didn't have that. Right. He didn't have it written down for him to 
to consider. Now, with Justice, you mentioned SBU, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Law and Order. And this, and this idea of someone's got to pay. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to pay. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is that when... Is that what this story bears out? Mm. Well, I mean, on in one hand, it kind of does. Like, Sodom and Gomorrah, they done goofed. There's something wrong there, and, and okay, God's bringing down judgment on them. That would be a way to look at it, I guess. So I, I don't thi- know if I even agree with myself there. I think the answer is... Yes, that's that's part of it. There is a there is a part of justice that says there needs to be some retribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's another part of justice that that uh, the Hebrew thinkers thinkers think about, which is restoration. It's about putting something back on path that got off path. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what Abraham is being invited in to as well. Um, and maybe that may actually be the bigger part because God's the one who distributes the retribution. Um, there's another time um, in Israel's history where the Lord was considering uh, justice, and the Lord says to Moses, "Go away. I'm, I need I need some time, <laughs> and I'm gonna deal with Israel." Mm-hmm. Right, and. And Moses just sits there, and uh, and then uh, we don't see it in English, but there's a kind of a play on words, and and the Lord says, "Be Noah to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to deal with Israel," and it's at that moment that that Moses starts pleading Israel's case. And he calls on the Lord's goodness in the midst of this to to say, yep, but you are a patient God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I think that sense of, you know, when, when Abraham says, I am but dust, and ashes, like he recognizes that if it wasn't for God's grace, like he would, there'd need to be justice for him, right? Too, sure. So that justice can can take two forms. It could either take retribution, which means I'm gonna exact something out of you, or it could be restorative, which is to put you back on on path. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cool. 
And then last but not least, the righteous and the wicked, they fare the same. Yeah, this, uh, again, seven times the word righteousness is used in this exchange between uh, Abraham and God and three times the wicked. Mm -hmm. He says, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? My Bahor, my son, my oldest son, mm-hmm. mentioned, or or maybe it's you. I'm trying to remember. You guys remind me of each other sometimes. I'm so sorry, Jacob. Well, there there are times where we feel like we need to deal with another country as a nation. The United States has said we will deal with Iraq. We will deal with mm-hmm. with uh, this despot, mm-hmm. and we're. Some people are comfortable, I'm not sure I am, but some people are comfortable with the idea that, you know what, there's going to be some innocent casualties. Collateral damage. There's going to be some collateral damage. And, yep. and Can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. Yeah, the righteous, <laughs> the righteous suffer with the wicked in that case. Sure. Abraham says, you wouldn't do that, right? Like, you don't have collateral damage, do you, Lord? Nope. That's his his basic question. Hmm. Um, I don't think that was me that brought that up. It was my behor. I lose track of my conversation sometimes. I am the ancient of days. Dang it, you got to it first. (laughs) It's because the patriarch got up and ran to it. (laughs) Oh! You know, Jesus Jesus does say that, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think he's saying he's praying for us. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just. And the unjust. And the unjust. And so when it comes to being a blessing... God will treat the righteous and unrighteous alike. That's an interesting idea. So uh, he'll bless the just and the unjust alike. Mm -hmm. But when they argue, when Abraham is arguing with him, for example, here, he's saying, but you're not going to punish the righteous and the wicked here. Like, you're not, no, that's, that's not in your personality. That's not you, God. But he'll bless both of them. Yeah. But then you go to, like, Job. Mm. And Job was a righteous man who got... He wasn't punished, but I can imagine that felt a lot like punishment. Like probably, probably, He probably felt slightly punished, but he was probably like, what did I do? Right. Why? So, why? Why? Can you imagine... Having a friend do that, you know, Jen. I just thought I should test you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know that they would be my friend for very much longer. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and that is that that tension. That story brings so much tension to it because, like, sure, mm-hmm. uh, would you, God, would you do that to me? Right. 
and it's such a mm, it's a hard picture. Yeah, the uh, hmm. I think we see. We see such distinctions between ourselves and other cultures, other other nations, other people groups, um, even even within politics. Mm-hmm. And Just within our own how, nation, sure. How can you justify your position? The right. person will say, mm-hmm. and call out. You said this six months ago, right. and completely ignore when they said it an hour ago or whatever. Right. You know, um, mm. the whole. I can't even. Yeah, I just. what what i'm sensing is there's some frustration and attention there at the the lack of understanding and the lack of seeing each other's humanity did i translate that correctly yeah you know i saw this on a on a nailed it on a micro level with my kids when they come to me with their indignation of what their sibling had just done ah Mm. And sibling, as a parent, you're looking at them going, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, sit down and shut up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and be quiet. You sit there and be quiet. Enough. Mm-hmm. Talk to me next month. <laughs> Luckily, it's the 30th. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, there's like as a parent, we've all we've all been there as siblings. We've watched it play out yeah but we do that in our we do that in our politics and all i want either side to do because i really don't lean that hard either direction is just be consistent both of you Mm -hmm. no it doesn't work that way come on if you're gonna call out Sexual misconduct. I'm with you. Scriptures do that. Call it out. Everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oops. Don't try to hide your own parties. But it's so much worse on the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to say which side. <laughs> it doesn't matter which side you're. It's so much worse on the other side. No, like that, and that's completely the conversation here. Is the if God's gonna bless the the righteous and the wicked, I guess what the rain's gonna fall on the just and the unjust, and you got to deal with the fact that their crops are gonna grow too. Well, and in fact, if you are my enemy, I'm supposed to pray for you. Yup, and ask God to to bless you, and then I'll be like my father. Who's in heaven? Ooh, that's smart. And I don't want to do that. In that changed Rome. Yup. And then Rome 
decided to try to change Christianity. And every time we let Rome influence our religion, it taints it. It changes it. Sure. And, and there's a reality there. In fact, go back to the story and with the 50 and the 45 and the 40 and the 30 and the 20 and 10, what God is saying is, I could do an awful lot with just a few righteous people. If people will trust me, mm-hmm. yeah. if they'll have faith in how big of a God our God is, He could change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I landed on the last call to action, which is have a crazy amount, crazy amount of hope for the dysfunctional. If you think the other party is dysfunctional, fantastic. Okay. Have a crazy amount of hope for them because of how big your God is. Pray for mm-hmm. them. Wrestle, wrestle with God over them. There you go. And see what He does. So, I'm getting preached at right now, and I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, good job, Rob. <laughs> good job, Rob. Oh. That's rough. That's not even roughly right. Poor Jen. Yeah. Poor Jen. I hate it when this stuff actually hits home. Me too. It's the worst. <laughs> Gosh, when the Bible actually applies to my life, when God teaches me something, oof, oofta, oofta. That's the worst. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hopefully that gave you some uh, fun stuff to chew over, uh, either talking about in your care groups or, or at your in your life transforming group or with your neighbor or your coworker or I don't know, just listening to while you're on a run. I don't know. Hi, Mike. Um, but anyway, uh, glad that you guys could join us this week and we will be back at it again next week with another episode of footnotes. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. You've been listening to footnotes on the mission Ridge podcast. For more information about mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.